Hello and welcome. Today on the Make Marketing Great podcast, I am joined by Mark Preston. Mark is a trainer, speaker, mentor, author, and overall legend in the space of digital marketing. He has spent years developing his skill set and has his own unique way of taking on the likes of search engine optimization. With the likes of his coaching and speaking at events worldwide, he is prolifically known around the world for his skill sets in search engine optimization. I'm excited to have him on and I'm sure he'll give us some great insights into the world of SEO. So, hi Mark, how are we doing? Hi, thanks for inviting me. That's great, that's great. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, for those who know you or may not know you, would you be able to give a little bit more detail into who you are and what you do? Yes, um, I'm Mark A. Preston. I'm an SEO mindset coach and professional speaker. I basically help um, companies, agencies, marketing teams, uh, businesses around the world to understand SEO from a mindset point of view as well as a skill set point of view. Okay, okay. How have you been able to expand on this over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of people probably understand how to do something, but they don't really understand why they're doing it or they don't understand the importance of what they're doing. So I find that talking to people about, I call it mindset, but it's basically getting them to understand the why they're doing and justifying what they're doing. Okay. Okay. Interesting. You know, we, we talk quite a lot about how uh, people work within the space of search engine optimization that we tend to forget how those individuals get into the likes of SEO first and foremost. Try to uh, double back all those years ago to how you got into the world of SEO and what made you become so fond of this particular side of digital marketing. Well, I, would, I probably was doing SEO before I'd even heard the term SEO um, because of a, a family health issue that I had to leave my career as a mechanic and I found myself working online. Somebody gave me some hosting and I set about creating websites, learned myself. And um, basically the first three to five years, I literally did nothing but build website after website after website, learn how to get people to the website and then I found that the websites was converting a lot. So it was driving loads and loads of leads. So I might have a website for flat pack builders and I get loads of leads for people wanting me to come and build, build a, a wardrobe. But I think, well, so I've got this business idea. I think, well, if I generate the leads and somebody else that does that, those jobs pay me for those leads then it's a win-win situation. So, I mean, nowadays you might see that as affiliate marketing, but then it was strictly lead generation. But with that, I didn't only have to learn how to drive targeted people to the website, but I had to learn how to make sure that those people on the website convert into the lead. 
you see. So from there, it, it literally spanned and lots and lots of testing back then. Wow. Okay. How tricky was this? If you don't mind me asking, uh, when getting into the likes of SEO, could you account for exactly when uh, this was? Um, when speaking to the likes of Craig Campbell, for example, with you, he's had obviously <clears throat> just over two decades of being you know, relevant within this industry. And he describes being at the birth of the internet. Do you know what I mean? And no, you know, like not knowing exactly what this was and so on and so forth. Could you explain a little bit as to when it was exactly yeah, it, it was 2001 okay. for me um when i sort of started getting into the industry and back then there was literally a couple of main forums and discussion groups and you know there wasn't the likes of all the articles and all the chatter and what there was about then so it was a case of you had to work it out for yourself most of the time and luckily, over those that those first few years, I built up over hundred websites in totally many, many, many different industries. So I got to see, like, oh well, this works for that, but not that. Or and the beauty about it, I could test anything I wanted because it wasn't someone else's life I was playing with. Okay, interesting. Um, when you say that you had to build the website yourself, judging from that time period, I would imagine that uh, there would have been the use of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Would you say that you had to learn that from, you know, fresh? Did you find yourself in a situation where do you, did you have to learn everything almost by yourself? Did you have uh, help from third parties or was it basically almost reverse engineering in some way to try and get up to speed in terms of trying to build these websites uh, and get them uh, search engine optimized uh, in itself. Yeah, it was literally just HTML sites. Okay. You know, some words going through the, you know, I dabbled with the Photoshop templates, chopping them up and that kind of thing, you know, in the early days. But it was basically HTML and and, um, and just just really basic stuff. You know, it wasn't anything spectacular or functionality-wise. It was just that's what it, the purpose of the pages were. Just build it, and I've just I've just learned. If I didn't know how to do something, I found found someone that does know and asked them to to say, "Oh, I'm having this problem. Where do I look?" You know, and that's how I sort of learned. When you mentioned that you're, you were an, a mechanic before getting into the likes of search engine optimization, do you find that there were any skills that, you know, you brought over? You know, you mentioned the likes of um, having to maybe ask for help or something like that. But do you feel as if anything within that area, you know, the way of problem solving or anything like that would have helped you with the likes of getting into SEO? Or maybe 100%. Perhaps, yeah. 100%. Is I find that the way I think is because of my mechanic background. Now today, you take your car into a garage and they plug it on a machine. So the machine's like AI kind of thing. So back then, there wasn't any of that sort of stuff. You had to get the car in. You had to work out what the problem was. You had to work out why that problem existed. You had to work out why what needed to happen 
in order to solve that problem or fix that part, you had to get the part and strip the part down, then put it back and test it and test it to make sure it were right. So as I'm saying this, I can see you smiling because you can relate to the SEO marketing world. And I find that that sort of mentality background of being a mechanic, I don't think I'd be in the same place now if I didn't already have that mentality. Yeah. I think one thing that strikes me is that uh, with all the clients that I have and seeing how other specialists and professionals within this industry work, there's no, you know, like, there's no particular way in terms of how they do it. They, I find that everyone has their own unique take in terms of how to progress. Um, obviously, we know the end goal in terms of trying to optimize the uh, web pages and uh, the overall websites. But I do find it interesting to find out exactly how people's mindset, you know, goes from how to first tackle it, how to approach it, break it down, and then fix it. So I find that uh, quite interesting in terms of hearing your your ideas on it. You've highlighted, and I've, also, I've read quite a lot about the fact that you do things in a unique way in terms of your SEO. Care to elaborate a little bit more in terms of uh, your reference to like looking at it from a mindset point of view? Right. Over the years, what I do now hasn't changed as far as SEO is concerned to what I did 20 odd years ago. It's exactly the same. The reason being is probably um, I don't consider myself as an SEO, right? I mean, I'd, you know, you might think, well, what's he talking about? You know, obviously he's got all this exposure and everything. But if you think about it, all I do is do whatever it takes to achieve the business goals for the business I work on in an ethical way so it won't have any negative impact. It just so happens the things I'm doing, Google seem to like and they've always liked. Okay. And that's, that, that's the sort of way I can explain it rather than, I wouldn't say it's a unique way for me. It's just that if you think too much like an SEO, you go down the wrong path and direction sometimes. I agree completely. I think maybe you'll be able to correct me on this, but um, what I find as well is that when particular agencies or professionals tackle on businesses, um, they only get given the task of trying to improve their search engine optimization, but fail to acknowledge the fact that this, this is a business and it has real goals. Do you know what I mean? And obviously there's this issue where there's a lot of agencies and specialists that lose clients simply because of the fact that the only thing that they're doing is optimizing what the client has put forward. Whereas they haven't, they've completely forgotten about the fact that uh, they need to try and help address how this fits into their goals. You know, how does this help the business grow? So I think I'm getting a lot of that in terms of what you're trying to stress the case. Yeah. yeah. Just so to put in, but how the, the thing is, most clients don't actually want SEO. They want to achieve something over here that you're not aware of. And they've heard and read somewhere that SEO is the thing that will help them achieve it. But if you, as an SEO, don't fully understand what that thing or goal is they're trying to achieve, then 
you're playing in the dark. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Um, with all this, with all the years of experience, um, obviously with, with everyone in this particular industry, there are ups and downs. How do you stay motivated? And also as a side question, how would you say, what would you say to those who are struggling to stay motivated constantly within this profession? The, the industry is a lot wider than it used to be, mm. right? Just talking to people really does help because there's a reason why you're not motivated. People are motivated by many things. Some SEOs are motivated by the money they make. Some are motivated by the time. Some are motivated by achieving something. And I just find it's important to talk to other people about it, just openly. And I find that if you keep it hidden in yourself, it you'll get to a point where I, I call it the can't be bothered moment, you know, because you're not motivated anymore. And I think just talking to people, because it's not that you're not motivated, something has happened to make, you feel like that. So talking to somebody else about what's actually made you feel like that really does help. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, one of the the particular issues that I've found, especially <clears throat> with myself getting into to SEO, I call them the gatekeepers in terms of like this particular industry. There's loads of people that when trying to seek information, they're abrupt in terms of how they they, they give it or they don't give it at all, to be honest with you. So it's kind of difficult to try and engage, but I will probably say that networking is pretty good. Uh, reading a lot, especially within this industry, you know, trying to see if you can find relevant case studies. So that may, that way uh, you can try and avoid getting yourselves into potential issues as well. But again, reaching out to those and just speaking to people is, is, is particularly good. Obviously you're renowned for your training when it comes to businesses and professionals as well. <clears throat> have you adjusted your training and expertise in SEO to everything that's going on with AI or have referenced it at the start of 2023? You know, there's so much that's going on. And I've had some recent guests that we're all referring it to as not an update, but as a revolution within the space. How are you taking it on? Are you trying to get your training optimized, you know, with, trying to speak to relevant groups and companies with regards to these changes in AI or? Right. Now, I never tweak anything in my training because everything I do is totally tailored to the moment, to the business, to the goals, to the objectives. Has companies and agencies asked me to come in and talk about the impact from AI? Yes. You know, is the way to think about it, AI is has immense value in the streamlining part, especially for agencies. You know, there's lots of things you can do with AI to um, help research and ideation. Yes? Yeah. AI for me, not yet, it's not in a state where it's a a tool to do things, you know, to, you know, it, it, it doesn't replace 
the copywriters, which the, the whole industry's fixated on this thing about, you know, using chat GPT on replacing the content and writers, but they're not thinking in the right way. They think about the real value that AI can bring to their business and what they do is in the processes, it's in the research, it's in the ideation side, you know, and that saves a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when um, <clears throat> listeners uh, may tend to think that um, ch- uh, chat GPT or AI in this, in this way has only really like started at the start of 2023, but with the likes of, uh, Java's Jasper and you know third parties just like that these are systems that have been in in you know in play for for years now and even as said by Satya at Microsoft they've been working on this for for years and as an extension I've also read that basically ChatGPT is an is an API of who we are so having to utilize it um, <clears throat> in the right way you'll get the most out of it but by no means is it a replacement for the traditional copy, uh, content creator or SEO specialist in that regard. I still believe that there's still some ways to go. Um, but I won't lie, it is a little bit scary in terms of how it's going to be implemented across SEO. Uh, or how is it going to fit into mobile and desktop uh, you know, frameworks when it comes to you know, people searching or businesses searching for the first time? Um, have you found any businesses that are quite scared of the the premise of ha- what J- ChatGPT means for Bing and what BARD means for, for Google? Yes. Now, the way to look at this, five years ago, I did a speaking gig on AI, right? And I sort of predicted, say, I literally predicted in five years' time it would impact the industry, yeah? Now, the people that are scared of it now, well, are the people that's not actually been researching this this stuff. They don't understand these things. There's two sides. There's things that's in your control to change, and there's the other side of AI, which is the things you are not in control of. So if Google... Uh, release something and changes the way the the homepage looks, results page, that's not in your control, right? So them sort of things you have to be reactive about, right? But looking at AI and BARD and all these different things, you, you have to understand what they actually do, you know? And it really comes down to things like conversational text, the way you say things and say for instance, Google, you know, want to, you know, answer everything to themselves. So it's not resulting in the click for you. Right. Now, what SEOs have to get into the mindset of is, OK, what can I write that's not a yes or no answer? Right. So concentrate on writing things that has well, as SEOs, it depends. So it's that it depends. And for once in my life, that is the context. <laughs> it depends. So it's so if you somebody taps into Google looking for an answer, if there's a yes, no answer, Google will display it. 
But if it's because of X, Y, Z, then that's the sort of things you should be concentrating on. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting time in terms of how this is going to be implemented. Um, I would have stressed the case that when looking at the keynote speeches from both Google and Bing, um, they even referenced something that you said, that since the birth of trying to optimize a website for SEO, over the last decade, not a lot has changed. I mean, if you look at how the search engine looks when it presents results from now and 10 years ago, you'd be shocked to see the similarities uh, of how it still presents the same information, which is why they're saying that this is going to be a potential rev- you know, re- revolution in the space of how what people use search engines for. And I think personally, it's going to be a great opportunity for individuals like ourselves to try and optimize web pages for the, the new era of search engine optimization. Going forward, um, especially which which is something which is relevant within your space is something that I have, you know, that happens to me quite a lot is where I have a lot of people within the space of marketing that really want to get into SEO. Um, They come to me uh, almost at random and they ask me, you know, like, I'm really interested in the space. I have no idea where to start, how to start. What do you, what would you do? How did you get started? What would you say to individuals who are in this scenario that are looking to try and get into SEO, potentially learn um, and become relevant within this space? Right. Well, the first thing that I'd need to ask them is there's such an important thing. It's, well, why do you personally want to get into SEO? Right? Because their perception of SEO might not be in line with reality, right? So unless you understand why they actually want to get into SEO, then you can't guide them in a certain direction. You see, that because then, you know, they might think, oh, because I've read this and this person's generating, you know, 500 grand a month or something silly and I want, you know, but they don't understand the effort and, the you know, the roadmap that goes into it. So understanding the why of these people first, then and only then can you guide them in the right direction and explain what you need to explain to them. Okay. Okay. Uh, is there any particular areas that you found uh, it could be it's in today or even back, you know, all those years ago when you first got started, was there anything that you would say really helped you, you know, get into SEO a lot quicker? You mentioned within this podcast that reaching out to people is really good, right? What else would you say to those um, that might struggle to, to network, might be you know, heavily introverted, might have imposter syndrome. You know, this is something that's growing within, uh, I would say, within my generation and even uh, uh, those, you know, generations further as well. You know, imposter syndrome is becoming pretty relevant. Uh, what would you say to those that uh, struggle to network or struggle to ask for help? Right. Now, this is something I still do today. Create your own websites, test, test, test ideas. Nobody's going to shout at you. Nobody's going to get onto you if you do something wrong. It doesn't matter because it's your website. 
just but it's important to really understand how things work because when you work on clients' websites, you're only in charge of a small entity, right? When it's your website, you have to look at the whole marketing. You have to look at the branding. You have to look at everything outside of the SEO bubble that might impact positively or negatively within SEO. So it's important for those people to just create a website. It doesn't matter what platform it's on. Just create a website. Write some content. You know, even you can even test the AI tools, but making sure you tweak things. You know, but just use it and test, test, test. And look at the impact. Because the problem with, I've found, with case studies and articles that are on the web, there's very little context relating to them. So there might be a case study saying, well, we, we, we did this and we achieved this. But they don't say that, well, that was because it's already an established brand that everyone's heard of. So you can sneeze and get 100 links. Yeah. You see? Or that these are businesses that no one's ever heard of or they're just starting out. There's very little context in anything. And because of that, SEOs go down a direction that they believe is true because they've read something without understanding the context behind it. So setting your own things up and really testing things is one of the most important things that one should be doing. I think you've you've hit the nail right on there. I think, especially when speaking to to the to to new guests, um, I found that this is like almost resounding amongst everyone. Everyone came from uh, a situation where they made those you know the mistakes at the very beginning. You know, like having to, whether it was working at an agency and having to like work through mistakes that you've implemented with regards to to clients or working on your own website, it's important to understand that you're going to make those mistakes and that you need to learn from it as well. As someone uh, who has two degrees and a master, I can vouch for the fact that none of it helped me with regards to getting into digital marketing, absolutely nothing. And I would probably protest against any institution that says that they are helping those getting into it because this is a field that's constantly changing if you're off for one week on a holiday and you come back you may find that there might have been changes to whether the cms that you work on to the seo tools that you utilize to everything really so i think it's quite important that you read make those mistakes and continue learning if you don't embrace the fact that this is going to be a field that you know you need to constantly learn at and adapt with uh, it will present some challenges for you. But for any of those that are listening, um, I, you you just have to start from scratch. Do you know what I mean? Try, if, if not networking, try and see if you can do what you've stated as well. Build your own website and um, try and optimize it and make those mistakes so that you can, so that you can learn from it as well. Uh, a, a good thing to note is that I was, I read a lot in terms of blogs and YouTube, uh, you, uh, uh, tutorials, which is how uh, I first started getting into the likes of uh, Office here, and I still contribute that to to the success that I have today. So now that we've spoken about individuals, let's talk about businesses, okay? Because 
uh, I can, I'm sure you can vouch for the fact that trying to justify the likes of getting a company to invest in the SEO is so difficult. Okay. You might have a potential client that reaches out to you for the first time. They, they have an online business, which is very relevant today. There's a lot of businesses today that their only shop window is their website, right? So it's incredibly important, but they've heard of SEO. They don't really know, uh, know what it is. Uh, they might not be too invested on it as well. What would you say to businesses that are listening to this podcast that are on the edge of, you know, considering whether to hire someone for, for coaching, for mentoring, or just trying to hire an SEO specialist to try and come on and optimize their website? What would you say to them to try and convince them to, to invest in their SEO? Well, first of all, they have to understand why they think they need SEO, Right. Because depending on why they think they need SEO depends on the direction they go down, right? So the, there's lots of areas you can go down, you know, get an agency, freelancer, training, whatever it is, they need to first understand why they think they need SEO, yes? Yeah. Then they need to start talking to SEOs with the mindset of, I know what I need to achieve. And it's important for the businesses to tell the SEO people or freelancers or agency what they want to achieve. Now, if the freelancer or agency understand what they're saying, they will look at that business with those things in place. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's also important not to dismiss doing a tester piece. So what I call proof of concept, yeah, because many businesses go in, you know, they, they immediately sign a 12-month contract for, say, £10,000 a month and everything, but there's no harm in saying, well, okay, can we do a proof of concept, you know. So instead of the goals being up here, I've reduced the goals. Let's do three months at this lower rate as a proof of concept so it gives me confidence to give you more money Yeah, yeah. as a business. And I feel that area, it doesn't really exist a lot in the industry because freelancers, agencies just go in with, they say, okay, you're competing against these, 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 you know, it's going to cost you this amount, boom, boom, boom. But why should that business trust you to give you like 10, 20, even 50 grand a month? You know, well, let's just prove yourself. Let's build the trust up first. And I think that's, that's what, um, really the conversation should be relating around. Wow. Um, that is very interesting, to be honest with you. I think maybe one of the misconceptions, and I think it might develop into a bit of like uh, mistrust, is the fact that agencies are so keen on trying to get clients onto a long-term contract that they forget that um, there might be an opportunity to try and convince businesses in the short term of what they're doing. And I think what you're mentioning there is something I've not heard before, um, which is quite interesting. 
uh, I'm grateful for that. Um, I like the fact that, you know, trying to utilize a small case scenario just to say, like, it could be a couple of pages of like, uh, trying to optimize it and see how it performs for the website might be great. So that way, by the time you're done in the short term, you have a business a business that is fully invested in this idea, and they are more than happy to to invest, you know, into that long term uh, strategy as well. Um, judging from your experience, and obviously you have uh, a variety, you know, you've spoken to people domestically and internationally. What what have you found? most relevant or what, what, if, what, has there been anything new that you found in terms of trying to engage with businesses that are trying to get into the likes of SEO, both domestically and abroad? What new things have you found? What questions do you find um, are particularly the most challenging in terms of trying to convince businesses in terms of getting into the SEO? Thing is, if you have to convince a business to pay you money, to train them or to work on the website or uh, as a consultant, it's not the right time. The conversation then has to change on, well, what is the value of SEO to your business? Because you've got two types. You've got one, the businesses that understand the value, which is a totally different area than the ones that's heard about SEO but don't really understand the value. So that's a totally different conversation with them. Yeah. And I think it doesn't matter if it's an international client, big, small, you know, I've worked with, you know, multinationals, I've trained multinationals, you know, I've, I've done it. The concept is literally the same, you know, and you have to understand that business from a financial perspective, you know, if it's if it's funding-led, then they might have a chunk of money, you know, yeah. or if it's self-funded, well, you know, we, we have to understand. We, we have to talk about money. What is realistic? You know, it's no good going in saying you need to spend five grand a month if, you know, they can only afford as a business a thousand pound a month. You know, yeah. you have to understand, you have to talk about um, with the business head on Yeah. first. Um, I think that that's also quite interesting in terms of trying to understand as to how to engage better with the business. Uh, I think, especially when dealing with businesses that might have quite strict budgets as well, it's about becoming more lenient in terms of trying to analyze, you know, realistic goals. Uh, within the space. And I think that's challenging for consultants or even agencies in themselves, you know, trying to convey, you know, what that means in terms of work and what you get out of it as well, because trying to justify if, if it's going to be the same result, whether they're spending 1000 pounds or 5,000 pounds a month is very difficult to, to an agency. And obviously we want to make sure that every single client is happy with, with what we're doing as well. It's, uh, the, it's the expectations that change, not the budget. The client sort of sets the budget and it's your job as an SEO to set the expectations to that budget. Yeah. What would you say to agencies that are struggling to do that? Uh, for me, what I've found and I've tweaked it all along is talk about money as early as possible. Get it out of the way as early as possible, right? If somebody will not give you a budget, say, okay, 
We have clients on £1,000 a month and we have clients on £25,000 a month. Depending on what end of the scale you're at depends on how much impact we can make in your business. But we need somewhere to start in order to work out the best fit and the expectations. Okay. So with with all this conversation about businesses themselves, uh, obviously I've read the fact that you also try uh, and help and train agencies as well. What would you find is the biggest challenge in terms of trying to get an, an agency up to scratch? What do you find that they're, you know, what are, what are the, the most, you know, like the biggest weaknesses you find within agencies that are working within this space, especially when trying to convey and speak to clients and trying to get them converted uh, in, you know, with the likes of digital marketing? Well, there's varied levels of agencies that I've trained, uh, but a lot of it is process-driven. You know, in agency land, when I go in, I look at helping them to improve the processes, training them on what those processes are, how to streamline it, you know, and even down to thinking about what they're doing. You know, so like the content team might be writing all this content. Then when I ask them to say, okay, put that content you've written in the past month into a sales funnel, right? I can guarantee that some content, if not most of it in some cases, will live in the after sales funnel. So what I'll do, I'll turn around to them and say, you're doing a very, very good job at servicing your competitors' customers. You see, but sometimes when you live in it day in, day out, it needs an outside perspective to come in just to make you understand that. It's not about coming in to say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It's about how can we streamline what you're doing to create more of an impact, putting things in place like priority lists, well, why list down all the tasks you're doing and let's put them in a priority list of impact rather than because it needs doing. You know, these sort of things that really help to make them understand. Do you find, judging from your comments, do you find that this, uh, that this particularly sounds like tunnel vision? You know, like this, it, it, whether it's agencies, whether it's businesses, they tend to uh, work so hard uh, within a given strategy or, you know, work towards a certain framework that um, they lose sight of, you know, what they're doing. You know, you're explaining something that's pretty common when you're referencing like the content creation, you're like, you know, that accidentally an agency might be servicing like a business's competitors as well. Do you find that when, you know, speak it to agencies that it's it's because of this tunnel vision, you know, the fact that, you know, they've been working so much towards one particular ethic that maybe they've lost sight and you just, you know, help them, you know, get, get themselves into to, to the right rhythm, if that makes sense? Now, I've, I've been into a lot of agencies. Not all agencies are equal, but I find that a lot of, not issues, but things that need streamlining are a result of pre-sales conversations, right? It's a result of the structure of the agency. It's a result of how they charge, 
I've been into one agency and they said, well, what if you sold to this client a day a month, SEO, but what if you actually sold a day a month? Well, you know, what did they want? They, they want SEO. You know, that's a totally different ball game. And then you go into another agency and said, well, we've got X, Y, Z, you've paid for them things, <coughs> you see. Then you go into other agencies, you know, and they sit down, they brief everything out, they do everything. But a lot of the things stems from the pre-sales and the SEO team or the content team or the marketing team not understanding what's happened in those pre-sales conversations. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, you raise a good point. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think the one thing that I'm getting a lot from you, Mark, is the fact that um, unlike a lot that I, that I read into and some of the individuals, you, you, you've highlighted one thing, which is to make sure that you're following the business's goals. Not so much like the typical of like having to, to optimize the website. Given the fact that there are a lot of SEO professionals, which I have no doubt will imp- you know, improve impressions and clicks, what does that mean for businesses' goals in terms of trying to showcase vanity metrics, right? So having to, to, to look at, uh, you know, coming back to, to a business's goals is, is quite, import- uh, quite good. One of the things that I, that I forgot to ask is, with regards to you getting into the likes of SEO, and starting all those websites before we we've missed a particular stage where how did you get into the likes of becoming an author, teaching, mentoring? Did you find that it came naturally? A lot of the people that I talk to always mention about the case that they just happily fall into this industry, whether they were in digital marketing, they might've come from, uh, even from a graphic design group. You know, I've had the, the, the benefits of speaking to a guest who is an owner of an agency who actually was a graphic designer. And as he progressed and progressed, he, one of his clients had said, do you know, do you happen to do SEO by any chance? And naturally got into that and built a fully fledged marketing agency. But going back to it, how did you go from working on your own websites or businesses' websites for SEO and then becoming into the space of being a speaker? Right. Well, when I was doing my own websites, then I set an agency up and went through agency land and had multiple offices and I literally built a franchise network and I've, I've done lots of things. Then I'd had enough of uh, running agency land and I went freelancing, I think 2016. And um, one day somebody turned around to me, uh, an agency actually, and said, Mark, we, we don't want somebody to do the work. We have people here, but we just need someone to come in and help them and teach them what to do. Can you do that? And me thinking, yeah, of course I can. I've trained my own teams over the years. So I went in, sat there, and I got paid very, very well for them two days training. And the business impact to that business, that team, was not just the impact for that one day, but it was the future impact that it was going to generate. And I got a real buzz out of this. And then I remember driving home thinking, I've just earned all this money 
for sitting there chatting about what I love and getting fed and watered. And, uh, and I just thought, well, the impact for them, and that's how I sort of went into the training side. And then um, I, I've always wanted to write a book, but then I started, well, okay, it didn't start out as a book. I just asked the industry what they wanted to know from a business side of the SEO you know, because techniques go out today. So I wanted to create something that had lasting value. And literally, I, you know, got all these questions and I sat down and I started answering them and all this. And one day, out of the blue, I started just randomly talking to a publisher about it. And they said, that is a book. I said, well, I haven't a clue how to put a book together. So I worked with the publisher and the book was released and the impact from being an author and the impact from the trust the book created and uh, I started being asked to, to speak around the world wow and it sort of it, it, <clears throat> nothing I've done has ever been uh, mapped out it sort of just happened from conversations or situations that's ha- that I've been put in Wow. I couldn't help but uh, familiarize or parallel these stories with regards to Gary V. <clears throat> Gary V was talking about uh, a stage in his life where he was working and then eventually someone out of the blue, I'm not sure if it was out of the blue, I'm not quoting directly, but he was asked to go to an event and he actually was ecstatic. He was like, okay, sure. And uh, he was asked the question, how much do you charge? And he had no answer. And apparently he, I think he rounded a sum of, up to about like $5,000. And he was shocked that he was even said on the podcast that people are paying me $5,000 to speak for just a couple of, you know, like whether it's half an hour or an hour, you know, about how to do something. And that's how he got uh, started into this. I can vouch for the fact that there's, there's been clients that, you know, uh, wanted to get into SEO, but didn't want someone, they wanted someone, you know, they, they wanted someone to come on and train. Would you say that this was a, a happy mistake? Do you find that you do, what do you love more, whether it comes to search engine optimization, you know, having your book or speaking at events? What what really get, gives you like uh, a good kick out of this out of this industry? For me, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. What gives me a real buzz is the ability to make a difference. And I'm not talking about make a difference to, you know, get that keyword from number five to number two or number one. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real lives, you know, the impact for real life. So when I stand on stage and I talk about SEO mindset mixed in with some techniques and I see that light bulb moment in somebody's face, I know from that moment on, I've just changed their thinking. It will help that person in a positive way f- from now on, you know, and that's, that's, the, that's what creates me. So it, it doesn't matter if I'm coaching, if I'm going in training a multinational or a small business owner, it's, allow, it's having the ability to impact something not just the here and now, but 
to the future and making a real difference to people's lives. Because SEO, it's not just data. It's not just rankings they're playing with. It's people's livelihoods. You know, you can either make those livelihoods a lot better or if you do something wrong, it can make it a lot worse. Yeah. I'm going to pull up a tweet, uh, uh, which, I'll, which I'll, uh, I will reference now, where you reference something that I read, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, where you said that you, I think you trained someone and they're now heading for a, a marketing director's role. And I think that kind of highlights, uh, again, I couldn't help but think about that particular tweet uh, where you say that you're, you know, you're in there to help give change, whether it be their careers. I thought you were going to reference something along the lines of like what help, you know, what really helps me. Um, I, apart from you know sending out invoices and getting paid, what I get a good kicker or you know a good a good kick from is the fact that if I have a business that comes to me and says because of what you did, I'm able to hire a business development manager because of what you did, I've just increased staff by another two people. That for me is better than getting the the pay from an invoice any given day. So I do commend you on that. Uh, what, maybe the second last question that I wanted to ask you, could you explain that particular person, a person that, that I've just referenced uh, with regards to that tweet? How did you help that particular person, if you can remember, as to how you know they're getting into to the spirits of trying to get into their marketing director's role? Well? How, how did you first get started with, with that person and where they are now? Right. Well, the the person in question had uh, more of a, a content background. Then we got talking and I sort of mentored them, you know, give them the right mindset, give them the right understanding of how to approach things, allowed them to think for themselves, but guide them in the right direction, Right be there if they, they needed to know anything or if they had there was a road a junction and didn't know which way to turn you know that kind of thing then this person in question what they've done over the past five years is jump from one company to another right and they've worked with very big brands and they've got the experience but they also know they could contact me anytime to actually say, well, Mark, you know, this change everyone's talking about, you know, we, we've got 20 million visitors a day or whatever it is. And, you know, it, it's a case of what, what, you know, I've looked at the impact and this and, you know, so it, it's having somewhere to go and not mentoring, but help them progress up the ladder, you know, by giving them the skills, helping them to understand how they need to approach the interviews, you know, because wow. I, I, I do mentor a few people, a few SEOs on career progression. You know, what's involved? Because I've run my agencies. I know lots of directors. I know the questions and what it takes. And a lot of people can't justify what they're asking for. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think I've actually learned a lot that I couldn't, uh, I don't think I could have found really online. So it's been quite uh, interesting speaking with you as one of the, one of the questions that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast is your top three SEO tips for 2023. It doesn't have to be technical. It can be some, it could be inspirational, so, you know, something along, uh, you know, an SEO's mindset. Uh, what would you 
give to to those listening that are that you would say would be your top three SEO tips for 2023? Number one, understand the why. If you don't understand the why, you cannot move forward. Number two, do not, under any circumstance, get sidetracked with new shiny objects, right? New shiny objects are there, yes, but just because everyone's talking about them doesn't mean that's your right road. Just make sure you analyze everything that happens. And number three, be yourself. Don't try and be anybody else. You know, set your own goal, personal goals and expectations and be yourself. You are on an individual journey as a marketer. You are on your own individual journey. So just because somebody else might be earning 50 times more than you are, doesn't mean that's your journey. Go on your own journey. Find out where you want to get to and talk to people that's already where you personally want to get to. Wow. Mark, uh, again, thank you so much for your time. To be honest with you, I've really enjoyed this podcast in trying to learn about who you are as a person, what you do, and how, again, as this podcast uh, is named, Make Marketing Great. Again, thank you for your time. For those listening, um, I'll have links to uh, Mark's website, his bio, and all the lovely juice in terms of what you do as well. Mark has his own podcast. Uh, He's recently uh, interviewed Neil Patel as well as others. Uh, I highly recommend that uh, users who do listen um, make sure that you get over to his uh, podcast. Again, details will be in the podcast description. Again, Mark, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. All right.